Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. So if you've had a conversation with me in the last couple of months, um, or know me at all, you'll know that... um, it's been a busy couple of months for us. Um, we've not long moved house, so we've been in our new house now for three weeks. So it's, it's been a really busy time because the house that I lived in before was in for 18 years. So I'm not a hoarder, but you can imagine how much stuff that you've got to pack, to move out. So we were doing that for weeks. Then you move into your new house and then you've got to do it all again and unpack and put it all where it should go. And then instead of just thinking, oh, we've settled in now, we thought, oh, I know, we'll start decorating four rooms at the same time. So we started doing that. So it's been really busy. And I was thinking, when, you, when you're looking to buy a house, so if, you, if you've moved house or bought a house, there's a few factors that you need to consider. And one of them, obviously the main one, is the price, isn't it? That's the first thing, because it, it shows where, what kind of house that you're looking for. And then also what's really important is the location. And it's usually the location that determines the price. So if you've got young children, then you're probably thinking, well, is it near a, is it near a decent school? Luckily, I don't have to worry about that. Is it, is it near to your church? Is it near to your family? Is it not near to your family, depending on whether you get, get on with your family? Okay, there's a lot of factors to consider. And also, if you're in the right location, your house goes up in value, doesn't it? And it's the same as it is in the natural, it's the same in the spiritual. Jesus states that location is important when we're building our spiritual house. And that's what I want us to look at tonight. As a matter of fact, the location of where we decide to build our spiritual house has life or death consequences, eternal ones. And so we're going to look at what Jesus says about it. So the title of my message is, which builder are you? It's not a great title, sorry, that's the best I could think of. <laughs> so we're going to look at a, a well-known parable, which is in Matthew 7, verse 24. So therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. So if we can just have the next slide on. I want to show you this tower. We all recognize this tower. What is it? Yeah, has anyone been? (laughs) I've not been, but it's a place that I would love to go at some point. So this tower had to be closed for about 12 years. And during this time, engineers completed a £15 million renovation project designed to stabilise this tower. They removed 110 tonnes of dirt and reduced the famous lean about 16 inches. They had to do this because the tower had been tilting further and further away from vertical for hundreds of years, to the point that the top of the 180-foot tower was 17 foot further south than the bottom. So as you can imagine, the Italian authorities were concerned that soon it was going to collapse. 
So the problem with this tower, though, it wasn't that it was bad designed or poor, poor workmanship. The problem was the underneath. The sandy soil in which the city of Pisa was built was just not stable enough to hold that, that size tower. The tower had no firm foundation, and that's why it started to lean like it did. And when my students um, in September, so I always have a new group of students come in September. So our first week is an induction week. So we have to do like team building activities with them, games where they get to know each other and we get to know them. So I always bring my famous game out every year that they love, um, Spaghetti Towers. So basically you put the, I don't know if you, you may have played it at some point if you've been to college. Um, you get the students into groups and you give them 10 spaghetti, so uh, 20, sorry, um, sticks of spaghetti and 20 little marshmallows, you know, like the ones you have on top of the hot chocolate. And then you give them a certain amount of time and then they have to build a tower. So obviously get some chatting to each other. And then after the time's finished, I go around with my little ruler and I have to measure to see who's got the tallest tower. And this game always amazes me because you, I look around and in the first five minutes, you always see that one group that think they're great, they're gonna win it, the tower's up here. And I look and I think, you know what, that's gonna fall down in about two minutes time, not even that. But then you see another group over the other side and they're talking to each other and they're taking all this time and they're making this square and then they're putting something across the middle. And then the other group are looking over with a smug look on their face thinking, oh, I can't even see that going up. But do you know what? It's the ones that have spent the time doing the bottom of it. They've probably used about 15 out of 20 of those sticks of spaghetti to get that foundation right. And when they do, in the last about 10 seconds, they put the last three on and they end up winning the competition. And it's, and it's always the case. But again, it's about the foundation, isn't it? Yeah. It, it, when you look at it, it looks boring. Foundations are boring, aren't they? It's always the top bit. It's always the bit that comes up that everybody sees that's great. But the bit that's on the bottom, that's underneath, no one's really bothered about that, are they? But actually, that is the most important thing. And, you know, we need to look at the same in our lives because we don't want to be collapsing. We don't want to be like that tower leaning over. And so I want us to look at these two men closely in this parable. And first of all, we can see that well, there's only two main builders in this story. So there's only two alternatives. You know, when it comes to matters of ultimate truth, there are only two options. We either trust God, obey his commands, follow, follow his examples, or we don't. It's simple, isn't it? It's one or the other. So let's look at the first man then that built his house on the sand. So he did a lot of things right, this man did. We, we don't give him much credit because we think, oh, he's, you know, he built his house on the sand, it collapsed and that was it. But this guy, he was diligent, he was energetic, he was a hard worker. Um, I've never put, built a house before, but I can't imagine it's an easy thing to build a house. And especially in those days, because they wouldn't have had the power tools he would have had to carry stone and cut wood and form bricks out of clay. So, you know, this job probably would have took weeks, months of backbreaking labour. But, as we can see with this man, like the wise one, he didn't quit. He still persevered. We still see that we, he had a house at the end of it. And yet, tragically, in the end, all his hard work was for nothing. Why? Because of his foundation. Because of where he built it was building on the sand and 
I think I was thinking about this and we can often confuse activity with godliness can't we you know we can assume that if someone's hard working and they're energetic they must be a sincere Christian they must be close to God if they're doing all this for the Lord and you know we make ministry involvement the mark of spirituality that's a hard word in terms to say when actually all that activity and service may be built on the wrong foundation it may be built on a foundation of sand and so we could actually be doing things for the wrong reasons and you know just as it may not be obvious what kind of foundation is underneath a house in the end you know that motivation will come to light you know why why are we doing what we're doing you know even the most costly service and the most strenuous work won't save us it's the foundational motivation is something other than love if if what we're doing is not because of of our love for God and out of our love for people then why are we doing it there's no point is there and you know I think we need to examine our hearts on a regular basis and ask ourselves what what is my foundational motive for doing this motivation for doing this is it because I love Christ am I stood up here tonight preaching because I just you know I like doing it and I want to look good or or is it because I'm up here preaching because it's what God's called me to do and he's given me a word to encourage you and to challenge you tonight and I think we need to ask ourselves that of a lot of things that we do because sometimes you know we can just get into doing things for the sake of doing things can't we and we're doing it for the wrong reasons and then it ends up being on on that foundation of sand and it becomes worthless the house the house that was built on the sand was a good solid structure one that people looking at it thought that it was well built you know like the leaning tower people would have gone there for years thinking wow this is brilliant it looks good but you know it wasn't until the rain came till the winds blew till the storm came that it fell down you know it looked impressive and worthwhile but that didn't mean that it was in good shape because underneath the real storm showed that weakness there was a hidden weakness and it was the lack of a true foundation now in this life it's it's possible to accomplish a great deal in this world without Christ isn't it we see it all the time you know you can build a you can build a career a business you can make money you can have a good marriage you can have a good life but you know you may do big important impressive things but you know what eventually a storm will come because we live in this world where it's not perfect and a storm will come and it will hit and you know sometimes for people that storm may not never hit while you're on this earth it may be when we get to the grave but you know then when we get there on judgment day the only thing that's going to matter is if we had our foundation on the rock if we had our foundation in Christ that's the only thing that's left that's going to stand so let's look at the wise builder then if we look at the difference he didn't necessarily work any harder than the other builder he didn't necessarily use any better materials the only difference was in the foundation that he chose to build on but that made all the difference in the world you know even the most terrible frightful storm would not destroy that house and the storms of life may rage we may become frightened and fearful we may even get close to despair but no matter what happens if we've got our faith on Jesus if we're on that rock we will not be destroyed in John 10 verse 27 it says this my sheep listen to my voice I know them and they follow me I gave them eternal life and they shall never perish no one will snatch them out of my hand 
My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. And the key thing to remember from this scripture is that when the storms of life threaten, when the sky goes black, when the wind starts to howl, it's not a matter of us holding on to Christ. It's not a matter of our strength. It's a matter of Christ holding on to us. And he's promised that he's going to hold on to us. He promised that he's never going to leave us. He's promised that he's going to be there. And we've got to just stand on the rock. We've got to hold on to him. And, you know, I'm preaching to myself tonight. Three weeks ago, we was, when we moved into our house, we were so happy, we were so excited. Two weeks in, this last week, it's probably been one of the worst weeks for us as a family for many reasons. A massive storm has just come and whacked us this week. And it's not a coincidence that God's given me this word for today because I've got to believe it as much as you have. Because you know what? One minute we can be all right, but a storm can literally come out of nowhere and your whole world can be turned upside down in a day. And who are we standing on? What are we doing? Are we going to stand? Because, you know, when those things happen, the only person that we've got to hold on to is Jesus. Now, a lot of people start off in a house, don't they? And to start with, the size is okay. So in, in my house that I lived in before, it was a two-bedroom house. It was fine because I've only got one daughter, so we had a room each. But then, you know, if circumstances change, you have more children, or you marry someone that has two children, then, you know, you've got to, you either choose to extend that house, don't you, and get more rooms, or you move somewhere because you need the extra space. And God does that with our spiritual houses. He wants to extend them. We're continuous projects in the making. So, you know, we may have been a Christian for years, but it doesn't mean that we stop still where we are, that, you know, God is constantly wanting to build our spiritual houses. And when building a house, it takes time and effort. If you only spent one hour a week building a house, it would take a long time to finish it. If someone was only spending one hour a week building his house, you'd think either it wasn't a priority in their life or he was lazy, wouldn't you? Would God say the same about us? Are we content just living in the basement with a foundation, coming to church once a week and being content with that? Or do we desire to build our spiritual houses? And Jesus gives us some building tips. So he provides us with some bricks and mortar for good house building. So we're going to just look at a few things that we can do to build our spiritual houses. It says in Acts 2, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So firstly, let's get the first brick in our buildings. Hearing the words of Jesus and putting them into practice. You know, in other words, first of all, we need to hear God's word, but then we need to study it on a regular basis. It isn't just enough to sit and buy the materials and just sit there, is it? We need to do something about it. We've just heard about this diversion, diversion explosion coming next year. Well, it's a time where we can really get into the word and study it and let God speak to us through that. It's a brilliant way of getting close to God for the start of the year. And, you know, if we just left a wardrobe, sat in a room, a flat pack and never put it up, it wouldn't be much good, would it? You know, you have to, sooner or later, you have to put the work in to get it up you have to do something with those materials or if you're like me and absolutely rubbish at putting a flat pack up then get your brother-in-law to come round and do it 
So when we first, we first started doing Liv's room, we, she wanted this um, dressing table for a bedroom, and it was one of them with all these drawers and all these bits where she could put her makeup in. So um, Glyn was out that night, so I rang my sister. I was like, oh, do you want to come around for a takeaway? Made it sound really like they were going to have a really nice night, and then said, oh, um, would you mind putting this dressing table up? And I think at 7 o'clock, they came round. Quarter to midnight, he was still there putting this dressing table up. <laughs> and I've never seen anything like it. It was literally hundreds of bits all over the floor with this, obviously with the step-by-step instructions. It takes work, doesn't it, to put something up like that. To build something good, it takes work. It just doesn't just happen like that. And it's the same with God's word. The more we practice God's word, the bigger and stronger our houses will become. So secondly, the second brick then is being in church fellowship. You know, a lot of people think that you can effectively serve God and not go to church. But if we look at all the men that wrote the New Testament books, they were all part of the local church. It says in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 25, the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honoured, all the other members rejoice with it. So, you know, if we're going to rejoice together and we're going to suffer together, then we need to get together. It's the only way, isn't it? You know, coming together and encouraging one another and praying for one another, it, we need it, don't we? We can't do this walk alone. It's not easy. But, you know, if we come on a Sunday or the small groups that we're talking about, they're the times when we can really get someone to get alongside us, to pray with us, to support us. And we all need encouraging at times, don't we? So fellowship is really important. The thirdly, a third brick, have a clear vision. It says in the Bible, where there is no vision, the people perish. It's vision that pulls you. It's what pulls you through trouble and pain. It's what pushes us on those days when we don't really feel like it. You know, we don't feel like serving this week. We don't feel like coming to church. We don't feel like walking this race because it's just too hard. But, you know, if we've got a clear vision and we know where we're going, it, it drives us, doesn't it? It pushes on because we know what's at the end of it. And then lastly, the last brick, we need to guard our hearts. And this is really important. In Matthew 12, verse 35, it said, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored, in, stored up in him. Where we are today is where our heart got us. So if our heart isn't right, then the rest of us isn't going to work, is it? It's so important that we check our hearts, that we have the right heart in whatever we're doing. So these things, read and study the word, having fellowship, having vision, guarding our hearts, these are all things that can help us build our spiritual houses effectively. And, you know, we need to be doing this regularly. And I want to just ask you a few questions tonight. So which builder are you then? after we've gone through. Are you the wise or are you the foolish builder? Are you building your life on Christ? Is he your foundation? Or are you relying on something else or someone else to get you through the storms of life? If you've been a Christian for years, it doesn't matter because we need to be constantly building our spiritual houses. It's a continual project, isn't it? You may just need to hear tonight that Jesus is your rock. You know, sometimes life can just throw absolute rubbish at us, can't it? And we forget, and we get caught up in whatever's going on, when actually we need to remember, we need to know tonight that Jesus is our rock. 
Jesus is the only foundation that is able to weather the storms of guilt, the waves of shame and the winds of temptation that come crashing at our shores every day. Jesus is the answer to it all. And, you know, we really, really need to hold on to that. I need to hold on to that. Think of Peter when he just deserted Jesus. At the time, that was at the time when Jesus needed him the most. And, you know, that man had some guilt after he denied Jesus. It was overwhelming guilt. You know, if he'd have run to the battle, it wouldn't have been right. They wouldn't have made him feel much better. If he decided to get out of Jerusalem and run away, I think he would have still been hiding with the guilt that had been raging in his soul. Whatever he chose to do wouldn't have been right. The only rock that he could find shelter in was when Jesus said, I died for you, feed my sheep. Isn't that the greatest foundation that we have in our life? You know, it's great to know that no matter how great a sinner we are, how small our spiritual shacks are, we always have a shelter to run to, that our foundation is on Jesus. You know, when the devil comes battering on our buildings, because he will come and he will try, you know what, we may lose a few bricks, we may even lose a few windows, <laughs> but, you know, God has delivered the bricks and mortar in our yards, and brick by brick, word by word, we have the ingredients to add to our shacks, to make them into bigger and better houses, but we need to look at where we're building them. We all have the potential to have great buildings, as long as we build on the rock. It can be a shack or a mansion. I know which one I'd rather live in. But it, it is, it's up to us, isn't it, spiritually, where we live. We've got the bricks and the foundation, but the question is, do we want to take the time and effort to build on it? Because it does take time, and it does take effort on our part. It doesn't just come. We have to use these things. We have to build on it. We have to get into his word, even though we don't feel like it. And even though it's hard, it's easy to do it when everything's going good, isn't it? Yeah, it's easy to say, oh yeah, Jesus is my rock. But is it when things are going bad, when things come and hit us out of nowhere? So I started at the beginning talking about location, about the location of our house. And I think maybe some of us need to, to move our location. Maybe some of us need to change where we're building. And... Let's just look at our hearts, examine our hearts and see where, see where we're at, see, see where you are building, see what your motivation is. And it don't matter if you've been a Christian two minutes or 20 years, uh, you know, we can do things week after week and we can end up thinking, why, why am I doing this? And sometimes we just need to get back to the real reason that we did it in the first place that we're doing it for God, for our love for God, and we're doing it for our for love for his people. And if there's any other reason, then we need to come to God and say, God, I need to move my location. I need to change where I'm building here because it's not working. Because, you know, eventually it will come out in the light. It will crash. You might be feeling like that leaning tower. You're a bit over, over one side <laughs> at the minute things aren't going great, the storms are coming. But if we're on the right foundation, we'll still stand. And we're going to finish tonight with a song. Firm foundation, believe it or not. And this song literally 
is just talks about everything that I've spoken about tonight. Some of the words in this song are, Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. He's faithful in every season. Why, why would he fail us now? Has he ever failed us before? Can anyone stand here today and say, God's failed me? Because I know I can't. So I want this song to be a bit of a response to what, to what I've spoken about tonight. So when we're singing this song, if, if you really mean the words of this song, and that you want to say to God, look, I want to, I want to build on the rock, I want to stand on the rock, then sing these words to him, because it will do something in here if you mean it. Jesus will not fail you. You might feel like it, you might feel like you're getting whacked by a storm, that, you know, yeah, you'll lose a few bricks, you might lose a few windows, like I said, but we're still standing. Yeah? Let's build our house on the rock. Amen. Thank you.